Welcome back. Country Roads Confidential here at Earsports.com, part of the 24-7 network. I am a $4 pick named Mike Casaza across the coast from me. A $5 pick if there ever was one. Chris Anderson. Chris, how has your life changed now that you have infuriated and challenged everybody into picking their 22 favorite football players for just $66? I, I just never realized how many Kyle Rose fans there were out there, how yeah. many uh, people were going to get upset about somebody being $2 instead of $1, uh, what, or, or just a lot of ideas out there of, of where guys should be ranked. And I I mean, I agree. There's some leeway in what I got here, but it ain't easy, and uh, you got to stick to five. And, and it wasn't easy, especially on defense. I feel like I had more more tough choices on defense than I did on offense. Yeah, this was much harder. Like, I was skilled at the offensive line so much so that I actually took liberties and made two teams. I admitted I was terrible at this, and I'm actually retweeting comments now as people are still getting me their offense and defense teams, and I'm going to block you just because of your (laughs) very snarky comeback where I said I was terrible at this, and you said we already knew that. Uh, No, this was harder because, one, all the different directions you can go with, and two – I don't, man, but there's a lot of offensive star power. I feel like the collection of seasons that are just wow seasons or impressive seasons or even careers is deeper. There was more concentrated at the top on defense. Is that fair? Does that make sense? Am I describing that right? I just feel like the cream of the crop is much thicker. You're right. And it's crazy because you don't think about it like that. When you think of West Virginia football, say if you think of West Virginia football for the last 20 years, most people would say, oh, amazing offenses and their defenses are terrible. And, but if you go and look at individual players, individual seasons, uh, there are more defensive players that really stand out to me than, than say, offense. And maybe some of it's because when you think of the offensive players for West Virginia, they were kind of three- or four-year guys, like Pat White, Steve Slade, Noel Devine, uh, Dan Moses, and on down the road. And defense, it's a lot of guys that maybe had – one or two really amazing years, and it kind of turns over to another person who uh, it can give you one or two good years, and that's it. Yeah, I was going back at some of these um, different combinations, and that made me kind of refresh my memory as to who was who, and not only who they, not who was who. Like I know who David Upchurch is, for example, but you know what, what about his season or his performance? And it made me look at those teams too, and the football was of a complete different era, like. Points per game is the most important stat right now that you score and allow um, somewhat so that you kind of figure yards per, you know, yards per game or passing yards allowed is kind of an overrated, overinflated stat. Um, back then, if you gave up like 300 yards passing, that was a big deal. And if you gave up 28 points a game, that was kind of a big deal. And those those teams, those late Neyland era teams were by and large defense. The early Stewart teams had excellent defenses and, you know, kind of scattershot offenses. Um, and probably even some of Dana's better teams and Tony Gibson's better teams here had really good defenses too. So I guess while we were all fixated upon the offensive explosion and, and trying to get the best up and coming coordinator or, you know, put all your defensive talent on offense from the high school ranks and things like that. Um, part of the big change has been that the defenses were kind of the keystones for a long time too. And that was, I shouldn't say surprising, but it was a good reminder of that, which made this difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm i with you. 
and I spent a lot more time on the defensive side. I came up with a bunch of different combinations. I wanted to have so many different guys on my team. And even when I was going back and doing those re- the research and looking at these guys, because uh, you were still covering the team during the 2000s, the knots or the aughts or whatever they're called. Uh, I was not. I was just around. I was watching the team. I was aware of all these players. I knew who was good. But going back and kind of trying to relive that, and recognizing names and trying to put stats with that and awards with that, it was a reminder that, oh, man, there were some really good players on this defense. Yeah, speaking of, because um, I just mentioned them, I'll mention them again. Like, I covered as a student and then early in my days of the Dominion Post, like the the early 2000s team. So, and I was a student during part of that, too. So I remember David Upchurch, um, and I remember he was a huge human being. Um, so let me ask you this. We think about what a defensive tackle or a nose guard quote unquote looks like right now to the extent that like, we're kind of impressed that Darius stills is not a prototypical nose or an inside player, but does pretty well too. But you think about those, those rocks in the middle um, who's got to win like fist fights and, and pushing and pulling and stuff like that for a guy who was really good. Like Upchurch was, or a guy that you think would just be, you know, on a list of your top inside players from the past 20 seasons. What do you think? his build is his height his weight etc so i would have said i know the answer but my first thought because i looked it up earlier but i I was when i was trying to decide inside or outside and i remember him inside and i thought at least say somewhere between six three and six five and close to 300 pounds i thought it was just a massive human being but that ain't right is it large man large six five six four probably um and just thick big built really well 245 pounds <laughs> that's amazing because you know what i'm about six five 245 pounds and i'm trying to think of uh <laughs> well not 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 in the best shape but i'm still trying to think of even in my best shape of me in the middle of at, at kind of a nose tackle nose guard position fighting off on offensive linemen at, at the fbs level is just um, remarkable so that was fun just kind of looking at the people who and the sizes they were. And this happened to a lot of like even corners and safeties, one that I'm sure we'll get to um, just the skill set or the size. And you're just like, man, what a different game. And probably more so in the back end where I, I just think longer, taller players who can really run. Um, they were not necessarily the case, a corner or safety before. And now we've just seen that totally shift. But uh, let's get into this here. Um, I only picked one team this time. Are you proud of me? I am. That uh, That's big of you. I did struggle, though. I got to I, – I know last time I said about a dozen. I think I probably did that again. But, like, I was – I had ideas that I wanted to do and players I wanted to have, and I was getting to the spot where I was betting, like – or putting, like, $37 into a team. And I was like, no, we got to do that again. Or I'd be done with linebackers, and I'd have, like, $4 left for the secondary, and I'd just have to scratch it and do it again. So this is a challenge here. Um, I have a proposal for you, and this is what I what I suppose we should do. Let's do our picks. Uh, defensive line, linebackers, corners, safeties – and then I'll try to figure out what you did without doing the math in my head and looking at the options, but what you did for the wild card and vice versa, because that really is kind of a swing position because similar to how these defenses are constructed now and even earlier in the decade, what you do with that extra player who could be a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a corner, a safety, kind of a hybrid, that really does fill in you know, what you want to do. And it, and it may it may affect you spending more on other positions, it may let you spend less elsewhere. It's kind of like a, an X factor here. So um, that's why I think we should do this. Ten, and then we guess how you fill out your wild card. Good? 
That sounds good to me because, yeah, you're right. I specifically made the wild card a little bit different this time just to make them so drastically different of players but all still pretty good that you had to kind of adjust it to your scheme or adjust your scheme to the player. So I think it's a good idea. Let's start defensive ends here and then a couple things that I just want to point out just the collection of of possibilities here. Probably two of the best defensive ends for quite some time are both $5 players, Miller and Irvin. I think you're going to see a lot of people pick them. Your $5 pick for nose or inside, I should say, was Chris Neald. Difficult call for you? Yeah, I I was tempted to make it all kind of all three spots, just defensive line. And then knock Chris Neal down a couple of dollars, and you had to kind of work your way around that. But I really wanted to try to force people into picking somebody who would play on the inside, and that was just somebody that that if when I looked at it and looked at their career, he was the ideal you know nose guard for a three three five scheme. So I it, I went with him there. Mm-hmm. Some players that I don't want you to forget about from years past: um, Ben Lynch, Oil City, Pennsylvania. Really good. Undersized was a good player that I think he played a little bit of inside and outside did really well. We mentioned Upchurch, Ernest Hunter, another guy who just kind of grew into his spot. And then you kind of reminded people about uh, Jason Hardy, who, if I remember correctly, the whole concept of like junior college players coming in and, and, you know, really making a move right away to help. I think he was like one of those guys who you said, hey, this is an avenue to get talent in here in the future. He did pretty well pretty quickly. Yeah, it's short, just a couple years, obviously, as a, as a JUCO transfer, but both years starting, both years contributing in a big way. Okay. Uh, I w- went first last time because I had two teams. I only have one team this time. Uh, I'll allow you to go first. How did you fill out end, tackle, end? Well, you you called me out already. I was one of those people who went with Bruce Irvin and Julia Miller on the edges. Uh, I, I went five bucks on both ends. And then Darius Stills in the middle. Um, if you're sensing a theme, it is getting into the backfield. It is wreaking havoc. If you're going to only have three people, uh, a three-man front, then you need guys that can make a difference, guys that can eat up blockers, and guys who can get to the quarterback. And I think all three of these guys can do that. A lot of pressure inside, outside. I like it. Probably stout against the run, too. Um I could move the ball against that front. I'm not sure if a lot of people could, but I think it's a good start for you there. Linebacker. Um, again, our $5 players, not surprisingly, David Long, Grant Wiley. And then I thought this was an interesting one. Who would you pick as your third $5 player? I think it's the right pick. And then when we had our discussions about the all-decade team, I'd kind of forgotten about how good he was, but you went with JT Thomas. Yep, he was. I and I kind of forgot about it too. Ted, I was doing research on that all decade team, and he's one of the only the handful of players in WVU history to get first team all conference twice. He was he was a darn good player, and um, it he was the third of the three. I actually had him originally before I kind of figured out the wild card. Uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but um, I felt good about that after I put it in there. No and then just yeah, no no complaints either. And then just. I mean, a wave of productive players for not even short amounts of time, but long amounts of time. So older names like Adam Lenort, Kyle Caden, you know, uh, obviously we mentioned Wiley. Then you kind of forget, you know, guys like Mark Magro, Scott Jerko, um, shorter careers maybe or shorter times in the field. Morty Ivy, Boo McClee, uh, just a bunch of good players and then productive players at the college level like Al Benton to the pros and longer careers like Najee Good. This is difficult, and then I think what you do here, you know, really kind of 
it allows you to maybe spend a little bit more on the back end, but you might also solve a lot of problems here if you fill in some high dollar players on your second line. Yeah, I um, if I'm not jumping ahead here, I I kind of you saw what I did with the defensive line with a lot of guys that could eat up blockers that could get to the quarterback on their own. So I went a little cheaper at linebacker and filled it with guys who I felt could just take tackles, just tackle, just tackling machines, guys who would win. They had one-on-one battles would win them, would get all the tackles and, and get after the ball. So I went $2 across the board, Al Rashid Benton, Scott Jerko and Kyle Caden. Forget how good Caden was. Yeah, I, I, I it, he's a weird one for this exercise because, you know, we stress that it, it was 2000 and on, and half of his career was before 2000, but it's kind of hard to knock him down in price, which I did, when you're still like, hey, I still know what he did before then, and even after then, he was pretty darn good. So I think he's a great value at two bucks. Unfortunately, I think when a lot of people think about Kyle Caden, they think about the punt return against Virginia Tech where he got absolutely depleted on the return. Um, I mean, just taking off his feet and putting his back. And unfortunately, he was a far better player uh, than that memory right there. So tackle, tackle, tackle there. Uh, no John Holmes. I thought he might factor into a decision. He factored into mine. But like that's a $1 guy who kind of had some versatility because he's an outside linebacker, but he also played safety. Um, he kind of figured into – maybe some of the problems they had on defense um, because he kind of had to play out of position as a safety one year when he was really well suited to be an outside linebacker player, you know, long guy could really run and, and could make impactful plays, but uh, nothing wrong with the guys that you picked there, which now we're going to skip the wild card and go to the corners here. And again, from low value, I should say low dollar players, like your $1 guys who one played in the NFL and one may play in the NFL to high value guys who, you know, became first round picks, third round picks, you know, talented million dollar players. Um, Another collection of talent here that you think about across time from the very beginning of this decade to the very back end here, they've actually had some good cornerbacks, not consistently, but they've had one, sometimes two on the field pretty much throughout this, uh, this time we're talking about. Wait, are you going to make me tell my whole team before you start telling all yours? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I did, although I, I went cheap on the linebackers, this is not a spot that I did. I went all out at corner. Um, and I went with Adam Jones at five bucks and Keith Tandy at four bucks on the opposite side. And I just feel like I got, I got the three guys rushing the passer. I got the linebackers that will eat up the tackles in open space. And now I need the shutdown corners that will give uh, all those defensive linemen time to get to the quarterback. We're going to mention Richard Bryan again. This is twice in, in, a, in a couple of podcasts. We talked about Richard Bryan. Um, it was good. I think he had seven interceptions in one year, if I remember correctly, or, or maybe that was McCann. McCann catapulted to the NFL with the seven interception year, but good players there. And then Lance Frazier, another guy from years ago that was really sound technically. I know that was one of Tony Gibson's favorite players because you just didn't have to worry about him on that side of the field. But, you know, in between other players, you know, Ellis Langster, Rasul Douglas, Keith Tandy, uh, you know, you mentioned Keith Tandy, Brandon Hogan, um, good players there. Let me ask you this. Um, Tandy against the big 12 defenses, excuse me, uh, offenses. Um, he was a active productive player against big East offenses. What do you think about him 
against Big 12 offense. That's kind of like one of those one-ifs that I think could be okay, but it'd be interesting to see too. I'm not sure. I, and I, that was part of the reason, you know, I think some people ask me why Tandy or why Worley, Darrell Worley over Keith Tandy. And that was a big sticking point for me. I think statistically Tandy had a, a little, a little more accounting stats and everything, but man, just looking back at it, Tandy was playing against Connecticut, UConn, your favorite team, Syracuse, Rutgers, Pitt, like, are any of those did any of those guys have a quarterback worth, you know, worth a damn during that time? And the answer is no. Meanwhile, Darrell Worley's going against Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, and and, and that that kind of offense, that kind of skill play, and that was a big reason why I gave Worley the edge. But thinking about Tandy against that, I mean, I'm certain he could ha- handle his own. I mean, he he succeeded in the NFL for several years and started at times at safety. At corner, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he was destined to be a safety. Maybe he should have been a safety all along, but he could get by and do well at corner when playing against those offenses in the Big East. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to safety. My favorite one, because you you threw these guys into a bucket and grabbed them and put them in um, really crowded positions where there's a lot of good players. And you know, I was thinking, all right, I'll take this guy at this position, but I want the other guy at the other position, but I couldn't because they're all in the same safety one or safety two spot. Uh, so again, a collection of talent, pretty impressive across the 20 years is kind of fun to look back at some of these players here too, but from high value, Carl Joseph, or excuse me, high, high price, Carl Joseph and Robert Sands were your $5 players to people you maybe forget about where, you know, what if for Drayvon ask you, Henry, we talk about, although he's in the NFL now, and then Sean Hackett, who again, didn't, didn't get the full run, but was a pretty explosive player, I guess. And then just a collection of players in between that are names you're going to remember, like Lorello, um, Jamal Dye, Quentin Andrews, who, you know, when his head was on right, he was a really good player, kind of fun to watch too. But um, again, good memories. Here. These are all really good players and probably can't make a bad pick, but you have some salary cap constraints here. How did you fill out these two spots Uh, i went cheap i saw the value that you're talking about with a deep a couple deep positions and i went with quentin andrews and kenny robinson i think they complement each other fairly well i think they both have high ceilings and both can you know are are very good in coverage and i think uh you know I, i was a little concerned about not having that heavy hitter like a die or Carl Joseph, but neither of these guys strike me as somebody that that's afraid of contact. All right, let's get to it then. Wild card. These are our picks that we have. I've not done the math here, um, but I've listened to your rationale about spending and saving, so I'm going to maybe take a guess. But our picks are James Davis for $5, uh, really good edge player before it was like a cool thing to do when you're a linebacker and just rushing the passer. Um, that became a thing that a lot of people, you know, got good at in these hybrid defenses. And he was fun to watch and he could wreck a team too. If he got hot and just started bending around tackles, uh, Terrence Garvin, uh, we both have an affinity and appreciation for him for, you know, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? The answer is yes. He can do both $4. Kaiser white, similar, probably more of an impactful linebacker. Um, Eric Wicks, uh, he got seven sacks one year, even though he might not have been the, the slip to, swiftest athlete, and he could play defensive back, had a nose for the ball, it was $2. And then probably the most discussed option out of these, um, what is it, 55 players, Brian King for a dollar because he was a corner and then he was a safety, 
and he wasn't bad at either one of them. And obviously he made some pretty memorable plays in his career too, but really the whole spectrum here, right? Yeah. And that's what I was trying to go for. Cause I think I had, like I said, it, in the first iteration of this, I had guys in their more true positions. I think I had, um, you know, Kaiser white at safety. I had King at corner and then kind of moved him around and then, was moving both of them out of necessity and then thought this wild card option was the best and, and and tried to put some pretty darn good players up and down that list regardless of price and just to give you but but different types of players i'm i'm going on what you had you talked about all right let's get in the back with the defensive line so you're not getting davis and i would assume that if you're looking for heavy hitters who could because you said you don't really have that at the safety spots and Garvin isn't out of there. So I'm guessing it's going to be Kaiser or Wicks because you also spent big on corners. You might not necessarily need King. I have not done the math in my head. Um, I kind of hope you picked Wicks, but I'm going to guess it's either Wicks or white. Man, you are off and off again. I only oh. had a, do- I only had a dollar left. So really? it was Brian King. Yeah. No. I only had one, but bu- one buck. And I went with, I, yeah, I kind of wanted Wicks uh, for what you're talking about. But I went with a a true three three five with guys, uh, you know, two true safeties, so to speak. Uh, King out there. I like the versatility. King can be corner, can be safety. Robinson had time at corner safety. Tandy corner safety. Um, so you're throwing guys all over the place, and really, I you know, I just want them to worry about uh, defending the pass and and making it kind of a no fly zone through the deep part of the field. And I think with those five guys, King, Pac-Man Jones, Keith Tandy, Quentin Andrews, Kenny Robinson, I think you're doing that as well as any five you can probably come up with. And then, like I said, linebackers to eat up the tackles in the run game and the defensive line where all three can get to the quarterback. I'm mad at myself here. Should have been better. Nah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I like it. I just thought that you had spent so much on them that you wouldn't – you'd – really taking your chances on the corners. I didn't think you'd invest in another one there, but again, had I tracked this, I would have gotten this right. My abacus is not in front of me, but uh, I like your rationale there. It's good too. Uh, let's go through mine. Don't have to go through the whole um, personnel review again, but I'll compare yours to mine as we go through. Sound good? Yep. All right. Uh, my line, my defensive line, you had uh, Urban, Stills, mm-hmm. and Miller. I also went with Urban, David Upchurch, Johnny Dingle. I'm getting after the quarterback too. You're going to start with Urban. Dingle was probably maybe not quite as good, but his flashes were pretty fun to watch. And obviously it was really good in that 2007 season and up church, uh, still a dollar there. You know, a good guy handled some space in the middle. It was productive too. Don't get me wrong, but I have a feeling that he'll be able to make plays because the other two guys, but he's also going to make it easier for the other two guys to make plays. Okay. I like it. Okay. Going to linebacker now. Um, Caden, you mentioned that he only played a little bit. Um, true, but he had 270 tackles in the 2000s yeah. and 21 tackles for a loss and just had his nose around the ball a lot. Broke up passes, fumbles, uh, a couple sacks, but just a really good player. Um, I'm looking at his numbers now. 73 and 81 tackles his first two years, and then 109 and 159, 31 tackles for a loss his final two years. Again, I think he's a really good player. Uh, and then I'll put Najee and Kwiatkowski around him. Um, Really good players, pros, making some money, and were, I think, talented, athletic players. My only trouble there is that I kind of have maybe three inside linebackers, 
Caden definitely is. Uh, Nick and Najee, they could play and did play outside, but I kind of feel like they all got pigeonholed inside, unfortunately. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan because Najee was one that I, I strongly considered try to figure it out with, with the dollar amounts that I had. It just wouldn't work. Um, as as you mentioned, King, I literally only had one dollar is my only option. <laughs> but I have a I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back and looking at all these stats for these guys, what constituted a tackle in the two thousands? Was it just being within ten yards of people? Because everybody had a hundred and fifty. I mean, not everybody, well, but like the amount of tackles in the two thousands is like double what it is in the two thousand tens. And you were running, I don't know. Two thirds, seventy five percent of the plays. Right, it, yeah. the math doesn't make sense to me. So I'm wondering how many, how many, what you get credit for? Just kind of being within three yards of, of when a guy goes down, or what? I was wondering when they go back and they look at like Onus Wagner stats or Hack Wilson stats in baseball, like old box scores, and like, oh yeah, actually, what he's got three more hits, or he's got another homer, or like Walter Johnson had another, you know, complete game or whatever. And how they do that? You think they'll ever revisit these stats? And be like, <laughs> he, he, like he gets a he gets a hockey assist for the tackle because he was within like five yards of the player. Right. Whatever. I don't know. That's tough. Uh, yeah, I thought that was like Wiley had impressive numbers. I know I don't doubt, but I was looking at Caden's 159 tackles, and I was thinking. Did he make every tackle? Like, because there's no way you're snapping the ball 80 times a game back then. How did it happen? It's a good no. question. Uh, so, anyways, good. Caden Kwiatkowski. They compare um, with Benton, Jerko, and Caden. For you, uh, you're also a little bit congested with middle linebackers, but also the middle linebackers have been pretty good through the years here too. Um, skip my utility player. Um, my cornerbacks spent big on Pac-Man. Uh, I don't think it's crazy to say he was the most athletic, talented player. Uh, on this list on defense do you agree yeah i think it's again one of those situations where you got to stop thinking about what happened afterwards or what happened off the field and and we're talking specifically about football and he is uh, you know uh, somebody i feel like should almost be a no-brainer for many teams i mean sneaking him on the field to give him like reverses and screen passes too just because you're like this guy's lightning in a bottle i think people forget that he was a really good punt returner, a special teams player, and then when he got the ball in his hands, he was nuts um, on defense or on special teams. But they said, you know what? Let's flip it to him on offense. And don't forget, those teams had really good offensive players too. Um, and, hey, we'll get him involved now. So he's one. And then Keith Washington's another. Um, good value there. And he's probably going to get targeted a lot because Pac-Man's on the other side. But I feel like he can hold up there because he saw a lot of passes the past couple of years. So, uh, again, a little different than what you had. You had Pac-Man and Keith Tandy. Um, I just went with Keith Washington, the other Keith, um, surprised he was a dollar though, just because of the brevity of his career. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, only a couple years and some of it hurt and, and I don't know. I, I think I, at one point I might've had him as two bucks, um, ahead of Lance Frazier. But again, we're, you mentioned it already on the other side with, with Jones, Richard Bryant was good. D McCann was good. And they're $2, $1, um, there's value here too. I I didn't go for value at corner, but there is some. Safeties. Uh, I like Kenny Robinson at two dollars. Um, some draft buzz about him now too. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked to someone who thinks that he's probably a third round pick who could sneak into the second. You have a story up that says he's maybe a first round pick. He's certainly. I don't know how they're going to do the draft anymore, but he's not. If it was a conventional year he'd be a second day guy at the very latest so yeah. that's good for him i liked him a lot really productive player when he played too um 
career gets cut short a little bit. Uh, this was hard for me, though, because I had my eye on what I wanted to do with my spot for the wild card, and I'm trying to figure out what to do here. I don't have a ton of money left to spend. Uh, K.J. Dillon was a, a very good athlete. I, he got big, and he had to play the safety spot, but that guy could roll. I mean, he was a really good receiver. He was a state champion sprinter, I believe, who also mastered the hurdles and then just had big tackle numbers at that spur position. Um, not big on sacks, which is kind of a strange thing to me, but uh, did get tackles for loss, did get hits on the quarterback. And then I think if he moved into the back end of the defense, he might have been better situated for back there. He was such an athlete and such a specimen. He could play that spur spot, um, but him at free or strong safety, I think he would have been no less accomplished back there. So Robinson and Dylan. Another NFL draft pick. Third round, too, I believe. Um, he's good. Like you said, freak athlete. I don't know if he really had as as good stats as some of these other guys, but I, I still kept him at three bucks just because I think his potential, his athletic ability really made him something special back there. All right. So I have uh, Ray's Hell in the backfield guys in the defensive line, capable like you tacklers who are going to make some plays when they pop open for them at linebacker. I'm trying to shut down the outside, at least on one half of the field, uh, at corner, and then like athletes at safety who can probably run around and make plays. But if the corners are as good as I think they are, and as if my defensive line is getting um, hasty decisions out of the quarterback, then it's going to make life easier on those safeties. Uh, where do I go with my wild card, Chris? I have a feeling based off a couple of things you're saying, and I really like that, this. Is that huh? a calculator in the background? Is that a calculator or an adding <laughs> machine in the background? Are you adding up my salary cap? No, I was putting your, your team down in a spreadsheet so that I could see what it is. Cause I do see, like you mentioned it. You, I think you gave it away before you even finished uh, your linebackers, or at least that's what I, where I'm leaning was you got Irvin on one side you got some defensive linemen, and you mentioned all your linebackers were guys who could make tackles, but maybe they're more all inside guys and kind of sounded like they don't rush the passer. So I'm thinking, I don't have the math, but James Davis on the opposite side, having him opposite Bruce Irvin with everybody else kind of eating up the middle. I really like that combination, Mike. Tell me that's what you did. That's what I wanted to do oh, because no. I, I feel like I feel like I had the capability to like have position-specific talent at all those positions. Like we just mentioned, these guys are pass rushers. These guys are tacklers. These guys are corners. And I thought, you know what? Here's a guy who can be specialized in a specific role where I'm just going to rush and put my hand down and go. I would have been over the cap by, oh, by some no. money there. So I went with, I think, the best, the next best option for that idea, which was Kaiser White, a guy who can, you know, he can probably go and get in the backfield and stop the run and go after the quarterback. And then I thought, you know what? He probably is a better defensive backfield player. And if I'm worried about my linebackers being too, you know, between the hash or maybe not sideline to hash, he could help out a little bit there. So, yeah, the right idea was the wrong guy. I see. Okay. Kind of worries me that you knew what I was thinking. Well, it, you, you kind of gave it away a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was when I was when I have the team up here just lined up, I'm looking at it, and man, I love that idea. Just the idea of having Irvin on one side, because you don't need. You know, I went with three pass rushers. Yeah, all on the defensive line, but I don't know if you need that many. And so I really like the idea of kind of saving some money on the defensive line and getting another pass rusher elsewhere. So maybe that'll be my next iteration. Well, you have to do the media press box too. <laughs> And we then, that. 
Does that come before or after basketball? I was going to say, I don't know what we'll do. Maybe like, maybe we'll compare and contrast it. Cause I'm not sure the media would be too different for basketball than it would be for football. So maybe we let this run its natural course. And we, uh, we, we jump the shark in the media after we finish the basketball one basketball early next week. Is that a deal? Yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. Cool. All right. Well, this has been fun as always a great mental exercise to, uh, pass the time here, but we're going to wrap it up right now. So that's all for this time. Until next time, I am Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.